punches away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Gets the Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. The big news out of Brisbane is that they've got their big marquee signing, Adam Reynolds, on a pretty reasonable offer too. Miles Stedman isn't available this evening, but Kieran Gibson is joining me to discuss this and the upcoming Magic Round, so stick around. Kieran, it feels like a regular occurrence that we we miss out on the gentle tones of Miles Stedman, but uh, he's unavailable this evening, this Wednesday evening, uh, the 12th of May, so it's just the two of us, but uh, we've just endured a a heck of a thunderstorm here in Brisbane, Um, but it sounds like on your end it's it's all past, so let's rip into some football talk. Yeah, it sounds good. Let's do it. I'll start off disappointingly because I I got five out of eight last week. I with my Sunday tips, I decided to take a couple of uh, interesting gambles by going for the Warriors instead of the Seagulls and the Bulldogs instead of the Dragons. That did not pan out well for me, and I got five out of eight. And my bold prediction was that the Cowboys would score three or more tries from attacking kicks. They scored three tries total. Two of them were. Uh, good efforts, but not from kicks. One was, so that's a bomb-bomb from me. Kieran, you got six out of eight, and you said that six home teams would win in round nine. I didn't actually do the maths on that. Did you come up trumps there? Uh, no, five home teams won, and uh, I too went the Bulldogs. So, yeah, I think Miles wins the round, at least He's- for tips. He did definitely win the round for tips. He got seven out of eight, but and, but his bold prediction was that uh, Corey Allen would score uh, in a Bulldogs win, um, and the Bulldogs did not win. And I don't think, from memory, Corey Allen. No, he did not. Corey Allen did not score. He got injured, in fact, uh, during that match. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, about hard luck for him, but uh, and hard luck for Miles. Although he did win the tips, so Miles wins this week uh from round nine kieran what did you learn i learned that uh we've we've spoken about him plenty but i learned that sam walker not only has the talent but the mentality to be a long-term class nro player um in the match against the eels on friday night where they repeatedly targeted the youngster he stood tall metaphorically to bring down an informed papali'i on more than one occasion one-on-one close to the line and he also threw the 25-meter cutout pass for Ikevalo to bring the Roosters back into the game late at 24-18. He's shown he not only has spades of talent, but as I said, the desire to match. I really, really hope that he's apparently high ceiling uh, stays that way and he becomes a long-term halfback for Queensland and perhaps Australia. Uh, it could be a very interesting battle watching him and Nathan Cleary go at it for a decade because uh, they both look like very special talents. So I do agree with you on that. Uh, what I learned was that Michael Maguire, the West Tigers coach, might well be crazy. It seems like Adam Dewey has been one of very few shining lights for his team at number six, and has taken a lot of the organizational pressure off Luke Brooks. Um, I noticed that Dewey has been doing a fair bit of the kicking recently in general play. Moving him to the centers uh, restricts his ability mm-hmm. to contribute in that way, so it seems like a strange move. 
Uh, with Moses Mbai stepping up to the plate to try his best this week, it might force Brooks to really step up and sink or swim, and that might be what Michael Maguire is trying to do. Um, but Or maybe it's a defensive move because Adam Doohy has had some problems defending three in against back rowers um, and sweeping fullbacks, but I'm not sure if moving to the centres makes that a whole lot easier. Um, yeah, a very, very strange one from Michael Maguire, but if it pays off this weekend against the Knights, it'll be uh, a masterstroke. Let's jump into the wildcard awards for the round that was. What is yours this week, Kieran? Uh, I've gone and throwback to the, the Aaron Woods Award for never going out of fashion, which goes to the Cowboys-Broncos derby as they tossed up another nail-biter. The second half in particular really opening up with some enterprising end-to-end play, and it easily fits into some of the classics that have happened since 2015 and uh, since then. Yeah, it was really nice to see, and obviously from we were a couple of Cowboys fans uh, unabashedly, we... Uh, <laughs> We were quite happy with the ending there. I, I had a chat with uh, your brother Owen. Shout out to Owen, and he uh, he was very excited about the Cowboys. He kept telling me field goal bow, one point bow, one point. So he was <laughs> he was very very excited about that. Uh, my wildcard award this week is the MC Hammer Award for starting really really bad trends, which goes to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who after being enveloped. 50 mil by last year's premiers set a trend the Sharks stupidly and immediately followed being destroyed 48 mil by last year's minor premiers. Kieran I'm sure you'll agree that some trends are simply not a good idea to follow and that one uh, was a bit of a shocker so the MC Hammer Award for starting really really bad trends goes to the South Sydney Rabbitohs and speaking of that uh, they were my preseason favourites to be uh, the premiers this year. I didn't think the Storm had it in them without Cameron Smith. Uh, the Panthers, I expected to be outside the top four. I don't think that's going to happen on either count there. Um, and the Rabbitohs look like an absolute juggernaut. Now, they, they are missing a few key players. Particularly last week, they missed Adam Reynolds. But they also were missing Cameron Murray and Latrell Mitchell, who are three of their best four players. But are we happy after ruling out the Raiders last week, essentially, are we happy to also rule out the Rabbitohs and suggest that there's really only oh, maybe three or four teams in the hunt, Kieran? I am. I Well, I'm happy to call it three or four teams, but I'm not happy to, to leave out the Rabbitohs out of that equation just yet. I would leave out the Roosters. I give the Bunnies a small chance, I think, largely because of the Wayne Bennett factor. Mm. Um, but... I would be more... I am edging closer to a top three, um, especially with the fact that the Bunnies also not only have that 50 nil to overcome, but they've got their preliminary final demons to overcome from the last three years. And then uh, they need those players to come back and come back and stay fit and uh, be in form. And then Adam Reynolds has also just signed, or um, we've heard that he's signed for the Broncos for the next three years. Uh, I'm sure that we've seen how much the Rabbitohs mean to him. He'll want to have a huge end to the season. He'll want to go out as a premiership winner with them. But I would be more than happy to, to call it even a, a top three. And even at this stage, it looks like it could be a, a top two. It, it looks like it could be a repeat of the grand final from last year. We've got to stand outside in the, the Panthers. And then the Storm are, are whipping up massive score lines the last few weeks. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it could be a, a grand final repeat again. Yeah, I tend to agree with that sentiment. I think the top two are still a league above, um, and I'm happy to be wrong on both counts there. Parramatta Eels, 
and the Rabbitohs. I mean, the Eels have been in better form. They've showed better better ticket than the Rabbitohs, particularly that most recent effort. Um, so I would have them three or four almost at a par like you have. And I would probably have the Roosters yeah. just outside just because of the inexperience in their half. Talented as those players are, it seems like a big ask and Tedesco, a lot of weight on Tedesco's shoulders. Uh, and the Raiders just another really bad fade out against the Knights. It's it's becoming endemic of what they do. So, uh, yeah, I'd say it's, it's top three or four realistically, um, but it's very tempting mm. just to call off the season now and let's just have a grand final between the Storm and the Panthers, isn't it? Uh, as unfair as yeah. that might be against the Eels, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure Miles Stevens would have a dissenting view about that, but he's not here to defend himself, so <laughs> we're just going to go with, let's rule out every other team and uh, and we'll call it a three or four horse race at this point. And you did just mention, actually, there was some breaking news uh, about signings with Adam Reynolds. Uh, he, ha- he has a lot of motivation to finish his Rabbitohs career off well. Uh, this is, this comes after a couple of weeks of, you know, the Rabbitohs saying, nup, 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 nup. We're not doing more than one year. So if you want more than one year, Adam, you got to go somewhere else. And the Sharks were in the, in the, in the box seat there. They had, it, it appears that they went unders. Um, they didn't want to give him a four-year deal. They wanted to give him three. Um, and they were happy to go probably under market value, really, for Adam Reynolds, a player of his quality. Uh, to get him to the Shire on the assumption that he was not going to leave Sydney. He didn't want to leave Sydney with his young family. And James Hooper uh, said that it was a 90%. He was 90% sure he's willing to call it the Sharks have got him. But let's be honest, you can't spell hoops without oops. So <laughs> the, the, so the Broncos... <laughs> The Broncos have come in pretty late. Uh, they've offered him three years and on a reported $750,000 a year, which is good money. But mm. let me ask you, the first question I want to ask is, what's your opinion of the business the Broncos have done there? Three years for a premiership winning halfback, probably the second best in New South Wales's artillery. For that sort of price, is, is that good business for the Broncos? I think they they need to to follow a similar model to the to the Cowboys. Um, I think it makes sense for any club. I'm not saying the Cowboys have invented this kind of model, but just the fact that Peyton bought a Townsend who's a bit older and more mature, and then we bought Dearden to um, be a bit uh, be coached a bit by Townsend. I think that the the Broncos need to do that. I'd, I'm not sure if I'd be I wouldn't be persisting with Milford any longer um, unless he really catches fire this season I'd be letting him go so I think that they need another half I, I think the Adam Reynolds uh, business is good business but I, um, they obviously need a, a longer term plan as well in place um, Adam Reynolds has shown even when he's not got uh, although I, I can't really recall too many a time when he hasn't had a good forward pack at the Rabbitohs but even when the his forward packs under pressure, his kicking game still stands up. Um, he's great under pressure. He he can get uh, his kicking game going even when his forwards aren't on the front foot. Which uh, I think with a, a young Broncos pack, he might not always have as good as that young forward uh, Broncos forward pack is. Um, so I, I think it's a great signing. I just think that they need someone else uh, maybe in place um, to to have him coach for for after that. But for now, it's it's great. Their, their three big signings this season have been, well, two re-signings. Jordan Riki is a, is a good re-signing, I think, for the Broncos. We all agreed that Staggs is a very fine player, but it's a possibly odd situation where he wants to play 5-8, uh, and he's getting 5-8 money. 
um, to sign up for a further four years. I'll tell you what, if the Tony Staggs at 5'8 thing was going to work, Adam Reynolds is the kind of halfback you'd want there, isn't it? Like, he's the kind of guy that, as you say, he'll just run everything and then... Tony Stags can run at everything, you know what I mean? And, and really use that bullocking <laughs> yeah. game that he has. So the pieces are starting to click together there for the Broncos now that I think of it. And, uh, you know, with mm. Tom Deard and leaving, uh, Brody Croft could probably learn a lot from Reynolds if he sticks around. Milford, you're right, he's probably done. It's It seems like a good signing to me, definitely. But with the Sharks probably building some of their... Uh, signing strategy around the assumption that Reynolds was going to land there. Uh, you know, if they had James Hooper in their ear, they were almost certain he was going to be there. Um, so, where does that leave the Sharks? Because as as I've read it, obviously their their current halfback has left. Uh, Moylan is on the books. They've got Johnson on the books currently, but they're both kind of off contract. Coop, uh, Connor Tracy has just re-signed for three years, but he's been playing in the back line. Um, and I think Braden Trindle is also there or thereabouts. They currently have been using him on, on the bench or in the reserves. Um, if you're the Sharks, what's what's your next play? Well, the Sharks, yeah, they're in a bit of a dis- disarray. Um, it's looking like everything is falling apart, as Miles kind of predicted. Uh, I, I even read as recently as today that they don't want Sean Johnson anymore so um i'm not sure where they go at all i'm I'm trying to think of of spare halves that are in the competition that they could go for um i don't think moylan is the answer i know his game has probably matured a bit and he's shown that he's a bit more of a 5 8 uh than he was a fullback when he was younger and he's actually shown some decent signs this year but i don't i he's not um, premiership quality or, or even finals quality if you want your side pushing for that kind of thing and I think Craig Fitzgibbon was brought in to kind of keep the Sharks pushing for finals and keep them up um, the top of the ladder um, yeah I, I'm at a loss for what the Sharks do now they they, they needed to sign Adam Reynolds or I mean uh, losing Townsend wasn't the end of the world if they keep Sean maybe they keep Sean Johnson and Connor Tracy and then they have Braden Trindle and Matt Moylan as backups that would probably be the best thing that they could do that I can think of um, unless there's a youngster that we don't know about or yeah I'm not too sure what they do I think it's I think they're at a point here because you're you're right like racking your brain about what's at market at the moment the only half that comes to mind and using the half the term half is quite liberal in this case it's Moses Embi I can't think of too many others that are out there so it's it's really a matter of like well hey do they make a play for Anthony Milford like is that a step forward for them compared to Johnson and Moylan my argument would be maybe not um, if if I'm them, I'm consolidating what they have until the new coach gets there, see if he can galvanize them and turn them into something a bit different, something a bit more productive, um, and, and go from there. So it, it, what I would do in that case is that I would leave Will Kennedy at fullback. Um, I would put Moylan at 5'8 with Johnson at halfback, and I'd have Connor Tracy with his obvious utility value as a 14 that can come on and fill any backline holes or any halves holes. He can play some dummy half. I think he did a big enough body that he could essentially play like a roving kind of lock as well um, for half an hour or 40 minutes a game. It could be really effective and and just consolidate with that. that, that there's enough talent in that in those four players. Uh, Blake Braley is obviously the number nine. There's enough talent there in that spine that... 
uh, hopefully Craig Fitzgibbon can get some results out of them because at the moment they're just playing like a bunch of headless chooks uh, and a few of those guys are <laughs> injured. So, But yeah, I do agree with you. And from Miles, from last time we spoke to him, it, the Sharks, yeah, maybe they are in need of a rebuild. But I don't think going to market for two completely new halves when there's no one out there is a sensible strategy at yeah. this point. I'd, I'd be consolidating with, with the talent that Johnson and Moylan have particularly. Um, let's move on to some, there's been some terrible injuries, uh, in the competition throughout the season. And, and there's a, a whole slew of them that are it's too long a list to read out really, uh, including a couple of injuries to the likes of Cameron Munster and Harry Grant that have just recently come up on our radar and has them out for a couple of weeks leading into origin just to, just to rest up a little bit here and to, to defend the, uh, the state of origin shield. But one person that will not be helping to defend it, but may have been in, in considerations for a squad spot was Pat Carrion, who is out for the season with an ACL injury. Now, the Broncos were just starting to really improve their performances um, on the back of a lot of heart and ticker, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that Pat Carrion has in spades. Can the Broncos, in your opinion, continue their recently improving form without their workaholic lock? I mean, I'm not going to say that they... Uh, well, I'll say no. I mean, I don't see them winning too many more. I was going to try and say I think that they can keep up the effort, but I actually can't see them winning too many more games for the rest of the season. And uh, Pat Garrigan, as young as he is, you said he's a, a workaholic. I think that some of the younger forwards... Jordan Rickey, when he exploded onto the scene, um, people were saying he's going to be a huge star for the game. I, I won't liken him to anyone. I know players don't enjoy hearing that but um yeah i i just sort of think if you had pat carrigan there to sort of show ricky and a few others uh effort areas that they need to keep competing in 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 every game because they kind of switch off where pat carrigan is not the player to switch off um it's going to be a huge loss for the broncos and uh, i've looked at the broncos draw as well um after manly this weekend which is going to be a a tough test even at suncorp um they've got the roosters storm uh, Dragons, Raiders, they've got all these sides that are probably going to be in the top eight or, or thereabouts. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that the Broncos season could start to tail off a bit here. I think that they'll still compete in games. I think Kevy's revving them up enough, but I don't think they have enough quality. I, I'm concerned about trying to replace the kind of player that Carrigan is. So at the moment, they've named mm. Thomas Flegler to come in at lock. And now Flegler is a talented player forward as well I think I think both of them will play for Queensland one day but I don't think they're the same type of player Flegler is really really effective at the moment because Lodge and Haas are doing a pretty good job in the engine room in the middle uh, and Flegler is the kind of guy that can come on after 25 minutes and continue or even enhance that momentum uh, but when you move him into the lock forward position, you've got all of your best meter eaters on the field at the same time, which can be a positive. But once you need that resurgence in the 25th minute, you're relying on the likes of John Asiata, Ethan Bullimore, who I actually quite like, and Reese Kennedy, who mm. I am not that hot on. Now, Asiata is a, a different style of player again. He's not a meter eater. He's also not really that industrious. He's a, a ball-playing lock. Um, like a Victor Radley, but with less maybe skills. Um, so, and Bullimore and Kennedy are meter eater types as well. So they're, they're missing that Dallas Johnson, Cameron Murray type. 
you know, like that that middle forward that just looks locks it all together. Um, yeah, and that that might work in their favour, um, but I don't think it will. And I'm I'm a little bit concerned about. I think the Broncos will start games well with that forward pack they have. I don't think they're going to be in the fight too often. Come the 50th, 60th minute though, and then if you if you're out of the fight by that point, you could have some scores put up against you. So we both agree that the Broncos will definitely find it a bit tough without Pat Carrigan. <laughs> but I'm sure we both wish him well in his recovery. Uh, that will do us for the first half. Nice quick one for us, Kieran. We've been flying through it, uh, trying to beat this thunderstorm. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick little break where we'll hear from our other podcast, the Pretty Fly uh, a 90s Nostalgia podcast. And then in the second half, we're going to talk about the upcoming fixtures in Magic Round, round 10. Back soon. If you can't get enough of Seinfeld... Overalls with one of the straps undone, the Chicago Bulls winning championships, and the Brisbane Broncos being a good team, then it's a pretty good bet you love the 90s. If you do, you should tune in to Pretty Fly, a 90s nostalgia podcast, which is brought to you by the We Made This Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Bo Nicholson, and the founder of the Pioneer Australia, Daniel Lang. It's a conversation podcast where we discuss the pop culture icons of our favourite decade. Season 1 is ready to listen to right now, with Season 2 arriving soon. Search for Pretty Fly, a 90s nostalgia podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the second half of Above the Horizontal. We're talking about round 10, Magic Round. It's all happening at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, before we get into that, Kieran, are you attending any of the days? I don't have tickets at the moment, but I would be very keen to see the Cowboys play. We don't get too many opportunities to watch them here down in Brisbane. Um, oh, actually, we get a couple, come to think of it. But yeah, that's not enough, really. So um, I'll probably head to that on Saturday night. Yeah, I was I was considering it, but I'm I'm also fighting desperately for a spot in a higher grade at indoor cricket. And if I <laughs> if I uh, give up the opportunity while there's a few other people away, then I, I I'm kicking myself in the in the in the dick really. So I thought I would uh, I thought I would make myself available. So I probably won't make the Cowboys game on the Saturday, uh, and I don't have plans for the Friday or the Sunday either. So that'll be a, probably a miss for me. Um, but let's talk about that. There is no Thursday night game. It's all Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And there's two games on Friday night. The first one is between the Tigers and the Knights starting at 6 p.m. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Michael Maguire has made a, a couple of changes. Uh, Zach Sini has been dropped. Uh, and by the way, I, I have confirmed the correct pronunciation is Sini. Uh, so you were, you were correct. <laughs> okay. I think it was uh, I think it was Miles that said Sini, so he was correct. Uh, Tommy Tallow has returned from suspension, uh, which ousts Zach Sini. Uh, there's a few other changes. Adam Dewey he has moved to the centres with Moses Embai into five eighth. It seems like Jake Simpkins been dropped um, with Jacob Little uh, coming from the bench into the starting dummy half role with Jock Madden, a, a young half, uh, set to make his debut off the bench. Uh, he's very exciting. A lot of Tigers fans very excited about him. And Sean Bloor, who uh, I believe was injured for the first half of the season so far, uh, but a, a promising back rower that came through at the Panthers. Uh, Oitoi Kamanu has 
been dropped. So the Tigers have made a fair few changes. The Knights, I believe, are basically 1-17 after a good comeback win against the Raiders. Uh, and, look, I, I think there's... I mean, I think this really could be anyone's game, but on form alone, uh, I've pretty much just got to back the Knights here. What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, looking at the, the lineups... Um uh, there's just almost as much talent on either side, really, at least in the back lines. Mm. And then the halves are uh, not the strongest halves in the in the competition for either side. Um, mm-hmm. I probably do lean towards the Knights after uh, their win against the Raiders, as you uh, touched on. And then, yeah, I, I don't like the Tigers changing Doherty, especially off a win. Or did they win on the weekend? I can't actually no, remember. No, they, oh, they, they lost. They uh, lost yeah. to the Titans, but there was a, a bit of a rally from Doherty that pretty much kept them get kept them in the game yeah so i i would have liked to as we i think most of us in the the group chat said i think we would have liked to have seen Dewey uh stay at six it makes the most sense but um he played i mean i think he was the major contributing factor in the tigers comeback win against manly last week so uh it, or last year sorry when he was playing center yeah so if he can uh, replicate that um all, all the power to the to manage in the tigers i hope they can get the win but i'm tipping the knights I look forward to you changing your tip to the Tigers at 5.55pm. <laughs> uh, and at 8.05pm, you can talk us through this game. I think it's between the Seagulls and the Broncos. Yeah, so we touched on uh, there was a, quite a few injuries from last week. And um, prop Taniela Paseca was one of those who went off with a HIA. But uh, it's looking like he will play. He still has to pass HIA protocols. Um, but uh, I think that's a, a huge in. He's been... Uh, quietly uh impressive for me to start the season and i thought he was good last year um yeah uh, and for the broncos we touched on pat kerrigan's out um tom flegler comes in at 13 um i won't harp on too much about the broncos i i have really liked you touched on actually uh, i will touch on the broncos a little bit uh, on about tyson gamble the passion he's brought the last few weeks uh, i've really liked that um uh, and the Broncos have looked like they've been steered around this the this yeah park a little bit better with him there, uh, and Milford actually has has shown that he can kind of direct a team a little bit more of late. Maybe he needs that steady half, and then they both kind of share the directive roles. So it's not all on Milford, but if he has someone there to show him the way a little bit, he can do a little bit himself. Um, I've liked that, but. Um, yeah, I've got the Eagles. Tom Trevojevic is the, the form player of the comp, as good as Cleary is at the moment. I, I think Tom Trevojevic will challenge Cleary for the Dally M, even though he's seven points behind. I've got to go the Eagles. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Trevojevic has been really, really excellent. Uh, the Seagulls forward pack looks a lot stronger now that Marty Tapao is also back. Um, the Broncos have a good-looking forward pack too, um, but yeah, look, there's ju- there's just something about the Seagulls. It's very hard to tip against them at the moment, so I'm going to back you in on that one. I think the Seagulls will get that one done. Let's talk about the next day, three o'clock start at Suncorp Stadium, of course, for Magic Round. It is the Bulldogs and the Raiders. There are a couple of little changes, including the dropping of Kyle Flanagan, who was benched at halftime last week. Uh, Jake Avarillo has moved into number seven, which uh, is a prediction that Miles had earlier in the season, which I thought was a bit weird. But here we are. He's he's managed to work his way closer to the footy like Miles wanted with Brandon Wakeham coming into 5'8". 
Uh, Nick Meany has moved into the centers to replace the injured Corey Allen. Uh, Tui Katoa is on the wing. Uh, Dylan Napa comes back in as well with Sia Manafanai dropping back to the bench. Uh, Renoff Tony is at lock with Corey Waddell back to the bench. So there's a few changes there for the Bulldogs. Uh, namely, obviously Lachlan Lewis drops out as well. He has an injury too. So there's no real uh, natural halfback in that side. I expect them to play a very, very running game. Uh, against the Raiders, who, uh, look, they, they, you know, they're obviously struggling a lot at the moment. Uh, Jordan Rappin has got a hamstring injury, so he'll be replaced by Semi Valamai. And Josh Hodgson returns. That's quite a big one, I think. So... Uh, I would be backing the Raiders here. I still think, even though they're in, frankly, horrible form, the Bulldogs aren't doing enough to impress me that having no halfback concerns me. Uh, the Raiders have way too much class there. What do you make of that, Kieran? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, I think Barrett came out and... Um, spoke uh, very poorly of how the, the Bulldogs discipline in a, a few other key areas on the weekend I've got to go to the Raiders in this one yeah I think so uh, the next game is at 5.30 on Saturday between the Sharks and the Rabbitohs the Sharks uh, well they're missing Jesse Ramian who uh, has a fractured eye socket will be out for between 4-6 to six weeks uh, Josh Dugan is the natural replacement there so Dugan will partner Will Chambers in the centres. Uh, Andrew Fafida makes uh, his return from a New South Wales Cup suspension. He's on the bench, uh, replacing Billy Magulius, who seems to have been the scapegoat. He's the reason they lost 48-0. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a couple of other little uh, people that are close to returning, but uh, not quite there yet. So there's still a bit of a fractured back line there with the likes of Connor Tracy on the wing where he frankly does not belong. He belongs somewhere closer to the football, as I'm sure you would attest, Kieran. Uh, the Rabbitohs <laughs> have a <laughs> the Rabbitohs have a huge boost with uh, uh, Adam Reynolds returning, of course. Uh, that drops Dean Hawkins back to the reserves. Uh, maybe he's been scapegoated as well. Um, Benji Marshall stays at 5'8", with Cody Walker staying at fullback. Danny Gagai moves back to the centers, which is a more natural fit for him. Tane Milne is back into the side. Um, Stephen Masters misses out. There's still um, one more week away from Latrell Mitchell returning from his suspension. Hard to tip against the Rabbitohs here, but this is a game of a team that got beaten by 48 or a team that got beaten by 50, and I'm going to back the team that got beaten by 50 here and Yes, I'm the same. I think we've got to, yeah. It, it, it still makes the most sense somehow. <laughs> yeah, somehow, mysteriously, it, it makes a little bit more sense. You have the next game between uh, the Roosters and our beloved Cowboys, which starts at 7.45pm. Um, so the I'll start with the Cowboys because they're unchanged from last week's one-point win. Um, I hope Jason Tamalolo is fully fit, though. I did read a few. Com- I didn't actually see the game. I was at the Reds Super Rugby Grand Final. I watched it back, though, and I, I did agree that possibly Tamalolo looked like he had a, a, his hand was still bothering him a little bit. But I don't know if I was reading into that um, a bit too much. And there's nothing there. Uh, but that's good signs for the Cowboys. Um, as for the Roosters, Lachlan Lamb returns at 5'8 for Drew Hutchinson. Um, and Satili uh, Tupanoa is back from suspension in the back row, pushing Nat Butcher, who punched out 70 tackles against the Eels, um, pushes him to the interchange bench. 
Uh, and Victor Radley and Sam Walker have both been named um, and hopefully will play, even though I'm a Cowboys fan. I'd like to see them play if I do end up going. Um, I just have a stat here. The Rabbit Root or Roosters have only won two of their past nine games at Suncorp Stadium, so I hope that kind of form can continue. Um, <laughs> look, I have to stick. I have to. I have to go with my heart in this one, especially because it's part of my bold prediction. I'm gonna tip the Cowboys for a bit of an upset. It would be quite an upset. Uh, well, if you're gonna get the Roosters, you may as well get them while they're a bit under strength. But that forward pack still looks really quite wonderful for the Roosters and. Sam Walker in that sort of touch. That back line still looks really good too. James Tedesco is one of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bench that includes the likes of Nat Butcher and CSEY Takeaho. Um, yeah, they're an intimidating prospect. So I'm going to back against my heart and go with the Roosters. I'm going to move on to the Sunday game between the Warriors and the Eels, which is at 150 because they're going to try and squeeze three games in on the Sunday for the Magic Round. The Warriors have the return of Ben Murdoch Masila, which I think is a, a really good in for them. Uh, Bailey Sirinan drops back to the reserves. That's the only change for the Warriors, despite losing to Manly last week. The Eels, there's been carnage, actually, uh, for the Eels. Uh, a, a few things have gone their way. There was uh, a biosecurity approval process that had to happen for four of their 21 players to get approved, and they have been, I believe, last I heard, so... Um, there's going to be Jacob Arthur, the son of Brad, a little bit of nepotism, perhaps. We'll see how good he is. <laughs> um, nepotism's okay as long as they're talented. Let's not have a Scott Fulton situation at the Sea Eagles. Um, he's in for this suspended Dylan Brown after he decided to knee the ribs of Drew Hutchison. Uh, and Marata Niakore, who decided to shoulder charge James Tedesco's head, is also suspended. Wanga Blake, uh, Looks like he's going to make a return just in time from his calf injury. Uh, there's a couple of concerns uh, with Reed Marnie uh, having to go through some HIA protocols. Nathan Brown has a hip concern, but they've both been named with Sean Lane going back to the bench. So there's a few, uh, a f- yeah, a few changes um, that could be happening there for this for the Eels, but it's pretty hard to tip against them at the moment. So I'm going to stick with them. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's pretty, as you said, pretty hot. I don't know that the Eels have lost since they lost to the Dragons. Yeah, they haven't. So they've won four in a row at the moment. Um, yeah, I've got to tip the Eels. And it was four in a row before that. That was just an absolute blip, wasn't it? Like, they are yeah. they are right up there. So, uh, yeah, go the Eels on that one. Um, I'll move us on to the 405 game between the Storm and the Dragons. Now, the Storm also have some carnage. They're missing Cameron Munster. They're missing uh, Harry Grant, both with a couple of injuries that should keep them out for a couple of weeks, but not Origin, thankfully. Uh, Brandon Smith is suspended for a week. Uh, so they've got the unusual proposition of having Kenneth Bromwich at dummy half, Uh with Tyson Smoothie on the bench, I imagine Tyson will play probably most of the game from dummy half, but they want uh, Kenny Bromwich in there just to shore up that defense in the opening exchange because they understand that the Dragons will be attacking them through the middle. They've got a pretty good forward pack, the Dragons, uh, and they will be raring to go uh, right up the middle. So I would expect a, a physical encounter to start the game, but... The storm to 
perhaps outlive that and maybe score a few tries towards the end of the game. Interestingly, by the way, Ryan Pappenhausen has been named in the reserve, so he has a chance of returning. If he does, um, I would suggest that that would push Nico Hines maybe to 5'8", and Riley Jacks would push out of the squad. If I if I was Craig Bellamy, that's the way I'd play it, because Nico Hines is in really, really good form, and I would like to have his running game in this while Cameron Munster is unavailable. Um, but yeah, that's that's my tip. The Storm, to run away with it maybe in the second half. What are you thinking? Yeah, we've said this plenty of times on the pod before, but any team that can have Nelson Asafa Salomona on their bench uh, has a, always got a very good chance of winning. I've got to go to the Storm. Yeah, I mean, like, Daniel Alvaro is just no Nelson Sofa Solomona, and apologies to Daniel <laughs> for picking you out there. I could have gone with uh, Fa'ama silly, but uh, Alvaro is slightly easier for me to say. And, Kieran, you have the final game, which is between the uh, uh, the local boys, essentially, the Gold Coast Titans, who are playing against the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, um, so pro- we just had breaking news. Well, breaking news. It's not huge news, but prop... Uh, Today, news came out that Prop Tino Fa'asua Maliawi was sent home from Gold Coast training. Um, he's still getting over a bout of gastroenteritis or gastroenteritis. I'm not even sure how to pronounce it now that I see it written Gast- down. Gastro. Uh, <laughs> oh, guess. Fair enough. I'll just say yeah, yeah, gastro. Um, and um, David Fafida was named to play, but he received a two-match suspension on Tuesday night after unsuccessfully having his grade two high tackle charge downgraded, which was seemed a little bit silly as was touched on it was in the second last minute of the game with the titans having a an eight point lead but he'll miss the match um the early reports uh, according to nrl are that bo firmer who i i quite like um i think he's fairly handy will move to second row to replace fafita and uh isan masters is a chance to start at center mm-hmm. um kurt capel misses out on magic round at suncorp um he's a roma boy i believe so um that's a bit of a bummer for him his parents probably would have been uh come taking the going on the road trip to watch him play um but they have liam martin to come in and start in the back row that's no loss at all if anything it could even be a an upgrade uh slightly um center paul momorowski is available but i'm pretty sure yeah burton's been named um due to his form to start and the panthers will be aiming to become only the seventh team to win their first team games of a season and i think last week was 26 from 27 so yeah this is this will be 27 from 28 their runs just incredible um their form doesn't look like letting up as good as some of the titans tries were last week um they still leak a lot in defense and i think that the panthers could exploit that once more yeah, for Fida, it's a big loss. Uh, Fasua Maliawi would be uh, perhaps an even bigger loss, uh, potentially coupled with Fafida. Uh, the Panthers just look way too strong here, so I'm also tipping that result. Let's talk about some bold predictions. We're coming right to the end of the show. Uh, we haven't got anything from Miles, but uh, we'll, we will endeavor to get one from him so we can uh, roast him for getting it wrong in the next episode. Don't you worry, audience members. Kieran, what can I roast you about next week? <laughs> well, you can roast me about it, but you're pretty much teasing your own team at the same time. I've got oh. the Cowboys will be in the eight by the end of the round. Yeah. <laughs> so the Cowboys will beat the Roosters and they'll beat them by a sufficient yeah. margin to erase any bad points differential and results will fall their way. 
Well, I'm more tipping results. Before. I actually didn't factor differential at all, so hopefully that doesn't play too much of a part because <laughs> right. there's no chance. I'm all really right. no um, I've, I've gone in a different direction. Um, I acknowledge that Queensland teams will very much enjoy playing Magic Round, um, having not to travel down to the murky waters that are New South Wales or beyond. And I, you know, think that they will celebrate not only losing every game, that is a Queensland team being the Titans, the Cowboys and the Broncos, they will not only lose every game, but by 12 points or more. It's not probably not that bold to predict the Panthers will beat the Titans by 12 or more points. I'd say it's semi-bold to predict the Roosters to beat the Cowboys by 12 or more points uh, as much as it hurts me and my heart um, <laughs> the Seagulls and the Broncos could actually be a bit closer because the Broncos have shown a lot of uh, improved form as we mentioned but I, I uh, yeah the Seagulls are pretty much the, the hottest team in the NRL at the moment like you know on the last three weeks so let's uh, let's back them in to win by 12 or more points so all Queensland teams will lose by 12 or more points that is my bold prediction uh, you can rub my nose in the dirt next week if the Cowboys <laughs> manage to get into the top 8 uh, and we'll see what Miles sends through to us in the group chat uh, until then Kieran thank you very much for your uh time during the eye of this storm i am informed it should be coming back around uh, so we've done pretty well to squeeze oh. this in uh, um, yeah no it's been good and just in time just in time looking just out the window <laughs> yeah is, is it starting to look pretty bad out there oh it's a bit too dark and my window is covered in in rain and fog and mist um i can't quite tell but yeah i'll check the bomb after this because i'm supposed <laughs> to be going climbing Oh, oops. Yeah, like, be careful. And, uh, oh, that's indoor climbing, so that's okay. Yeah. Unless you're doing Kangaroo Point. You're not doing Kangaroo Point cliffs, are you? Uh, no, no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be a, a real extreme sport. I think it is, isn't it? I'm pretty sure climbing is an extreme sport, but that would be taking it to a whole new level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, until then, Kieran, uh, I hope you can get to the game on Saturday so you can say in person, go the Cowboys. <laughs> go the Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no miles to descent. <laughs> There's a full-time siren. Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The Above the Horizontal panellists are Miles Stedman and Kieran Gibson, and it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson. <laughs>